Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Remember, if you are not already subscribed, make sure you go to Apple, you go to Google, you go to whichever podcast app that is on your phone or computer and subscribe. Listen, leave me a review. If you like what's going on here, you like the content, uh, go on Apple in particular. I could use... Uh, some fresh reviews there. Uh, much appreciated. Markets are still kind of in chaos mode here. Um, so this is chaos update part three. And I don't know how many parts to this uh, chaos update series there will be, but I'd venture to say that this is probably not the last chaos update. I think we've got a long ways to go till we're out of the woods in regard to uh, maybe most importantly, this virus but then also a lot of the residual effects. Uh, it is Monday at midday, and I speak as I speak here. We've got the grain markets a little bit lower. The cattle market's been locked to limit down uh, just about all day. Easter was yesterday. It was strange. Uh, no visitors. No family. We uh, we did a, a video calls with uh, you know my parents, my wife's parents, and and family and stuff, but gosh, kind of a, kind of a strange holiday, I guess. And I, and I suppose everyone is in that boat and, and the world is still just very strange right now in general. Um, so I wanted to talk about a few things, um, as, as I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, the, the macro situation with this virus and then kind of how it ties back to the grain markets and what's changed here. Um, I also wanted to touch a little bit on that USDA report from last week, which was, um, th there were some changes there, but, but no major surprises. So, uh, we, we do have a few things to talk about. We'll start with that USDA report and what USDA did in the report was essentially what most traders expected. Uh, when you look at the corn balance sheet for the U S and these are old crop balance sheets at this point, we won't see the new crop or, or a first look at, at least at the new crop balance sheets until next month. But on the old crop corn balance sheet, you know, they left the 2019 U.S. production numbers unchanged. No no change there, of course. And uh, what they did was they cut the demand numbers. They cut the, uh, uh, most importantly, the ethanol number by 300 and 375 million bushels. That's a big chunk of demand. Uh, but we knew that some sort of cut like that was coming. It was it was a question of how big would the cut be. And, and I think in any case, everybody knew that eventually we'd get to three or 400, if not a lot more than that. And there may be additional cuts coming down the road. Uh, USDA did, uh, in this same report, increase its demand for feed demand uh, for corn. And, and that makes sense given reduced ethanol production and, uh, you know, I, I suppose a more scarce situation when it comes to DDGs. So it, it all makes sense to me. I mean, I, I can't argue with anything that USDA did here with the corn balance sheet. So now you've got a carry out projection that's north of 2 billion bushels. I would probably make the argument that the, that the market is trading a carry out quite a bit larger than 2 billion. The market might be trading a 2.2, 2.3, 2.4, maybe even a 2.5, uh, depending on who you talk to. Uh, this ethanol thing is just a big, big unknown right now. 
And for the moment, we've we've essentially seen ethanol production in the U.S. drop off 40% in the course of two or three weeks. And it probably doesn't get much better. The margins are, are still garbage. Um, the ethanol producer has not been buying corn from the farmer aggressively at all. Uh, some of them, some of the plants have shut down. Some of them have totally stopped buying corn. Uh, some of them have reduced production. So that's why you've seen basis uh, really fall apart here too in the midst of all this. You've got cash corn south of $3 in a lot of areas of the country, which is not uh, a good place to be. Uh, for anybody really. So we've, we've got a lot of problems here. I've had um, a lot of people ask me the question, you know, over these last couple of weeks, uh, what can possibly make the corn market rally at this point? And uh, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that could make the market rally. I mean, the, the first obvious one would be some sort of weather issue this summer. And, and I don't think it would take much. I know there's been this chatter going around that, oh, last year was such a disaster, yet we still ended up with decent yield. So the market's going to be more reluctant to rally on weather. I don't know if I buy into that. I, I think that weather is uh, the biggest driver of prices in, in any given year, and it has the biggest potential to impact prices uh, in any given year. So I, I still think that there's always, always the potential for a weather rally. It doesn't have to happen. Uh, we've seen weather rallies uh, pretty consistently the last several years, but they don't have to happen. But that's that's probably number one. I mean, number two would be a, a strengthening demand base, and we're going to see strengthening demand in corn uh, from everywhere except for ethanol. You're already seeing it in exports. Uh, you're going to see it in feed demand, I would I would imagine. So the, the ethanol situation is, is where the big loss is going to be, but you're going to see demand improvement, I think, in just about every other sector. So that would be the other thing is that you get demand from Say we do a whole bunch of export business here these next few months because we're really competitive and and we do a bunch of feed demand and then all of a sudden ethanol gets back on track um, for whatever reason and I don't think it would take as long as some people think it would necessarily to, to get back to some slightly better production numbers so I don't I don't think it would take a lot you just need some of the right things to happen and what we've seen over the last several weeks is we've seen all the wrong things happen at the same time uh, you could very easily get to a situation where all the right things start to happen at the same time in the markets uh, reverse. I did a Twitter poll. I think I may have mentioned this last week. I did a Twitter poll and I asked um, my followers and follow me on Twitter at Standard Grain if you don't already. I asked my followers if the funds would take a net long position in the corn market uh, this calendar year in 2020. And uh, more than half said no. Um, which is interesting given the statistics, because one, the one statistic is that as of right now, funds have not been net long the corn market for 34 consecutive weeks, which is a record. And the second statistic is that we have not, we have never seen a calendar year since modern record keeping began in 2006, in which the funds did not take a net long position. And not only a net long position, they've been long at least 100,000 contracts of corn every single year in the era of modern record keeping since 2006. So it would be uh, very much unprecedented for the funds to not take a long position in the corn market this year. That's not to say it couldn't happen because again, like I said last week, this is an unprecedented year. This is an unprecedented situation. So you can never, uh, you can never predict the future. The only thing you can do is, is kind of look at some of the statistics and, and I suppose probabilities, but that, that doesn't mean that there's any guarantee at all. Um, weather wise, I wouldn't say that this is 
the most ideal place we could be in mid-April. We've got some kind of a cold snap across uh, certainly the the southern plains, which is a problem for wheat growers, and that's the more immediate issue here. If there is an immediate issue, you know the temperatures that we saw uh, over the weekend, we saw a lot of western Kansas get down into the teens. Um, we saw a lot of uh, HRW areas get into freezing temperatures. That's not unprecedented for mid-April. It's it's fairly normal for some of these areas to see some freezing temperatures this time of year, and and really for the next couple of weeks at least. So I don't think that's a big problem. Could it mean some some later planting for some people in the corn belt with this uh, cold snap that's kind of expected to continue you even look out to the six to ten day forecast and we're looking cooler than average uh, that's possible you got to remember last year was kind of an anomaly when it came to planting delays in the rally in the market the, the corn market soybean markets they typically don't rally on planting delays there just is not really a very strong correlation between a late planted crop and bad yields. You've really got to get pretty late into the planting season before you see a uh, a significant uh, decline in yield potential. And and all the universities will tell you that if you if you look at the data, it really doesn't happen uh, till much further on down the line. And, and last year, remember the market didn't bottom until what mid May. So and, and that was in a situation where you know essentially no progress had been made or very very little progress, and the forecast looked absolutely terrible, extremely wet, and uh, I don't think we're going to be anywhere near that this year. And to be honest, I really hate talking about planting delays as they relate to the market because uh, in the vast majority of situations, barring 2019, uh, it, it really doesn't do a whole lot to help the market because I, I think the trade and traders are very much aware. That late planting, you know, by a couple of weeks does not mean that yields have to be bad uh, at all. There, there's really just there isn't that correlation there. So weather is is something to talk about. It's probably more important to the winter wheat growers, especially the HRW guys this time of year. But I, I mean, right now it's just it's it's too early. Three weeks from now, a month from now, if we have problems, yeah, then we can talk about that. But I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I don't think it's an input. You look at. I don't think it's a positive input right now, put it that way. I mean, you look at the corn market, spot month futures at $3.30, new crop futures in the 340s. Uh, it's not <laughs> it's not anything anybody's excited about yet, um, put it that way. You look at soybeans, and I think um, I think you have a, a potentially more friendly scenario in beans than you have in corn. I mean, you don't have the big ethanol problem. Uh, and, and that's the big problem with the corn markers that you've got this ethanol deal in beans. You don't have that. As a matter of fact, the, the processors in the U S have been, uh, crushing beans at a very strong pace. We've got a NOPA report later this week and, um, it's because beans have been really cheap. We don't have the export demand and I don't think we will have the export demand this year. The marketing year ends on August 31st and USDA as of, um, as of Friday's report, they're estimating soybean ending stocks for the U.S. at 480 million. I wouldn't be surprised if that number if that number ended up north of five, maybe even closer to 600. But at the same time, I could see I could paint you a pretty friendly scenario for new crop beans, and it, and it wouldn't take a whole lot. I don't have to really go out on a limb to do that. I mean, acres are going to be a little bit bigger than they were in the March report. I'll give you that, but. I, I still think China will be in for some new crop beans pretty soon. I think in the next couple of months, you're going to see some, some increases in Chinese purchases of U.S. new crop beans. 
the old crop story is not, not there. Um, Brazil is going to be competitive. We're not going to be competitive between now and harvest. But following that time, you know, it would be normal for China to buy beans if we didn't have this trade war going on. And if China wants any shot at hitting these targets, and I don't think they'll hit the targets, but if they want to take a stab at it and then try to renegotiate and say, you know what, the virus messed us up, we couldn't do it. But look at what we did do. We made an effort here, obviously. Um, they, they would start buying new crop beans uh, sometime late spring, early summer, if that were the case. So you take that and say you pair it with, you know, what's a relatively light uh, acreage situation, at least relative to corn, throw some better demand, maybe throw lighter yields on top of there. You could you could paint a pretty friendly picture for, for new crop beans. It's a lot harder for me to do that for new crop corn, um, but I can do it for new crop beans and it's it's not that difficult to do. And the bean, the bean market's kind of funny to me the last few years since this trade war um, has been going on because you got to remember prior to the trade war, we used to trade enormous ranges in the soybean market. Every year we used to trade two, three, four dollar ranges. And now we've kind of gotten into this uh, environment where the ranges are so much tighter and, uh, you know, we're only trading a buck, buck and a half range in beans throughout a year. And that's just, that's not normal to me. Um, I think there will be a point where we break out of this and we go back to some more volatility. Soybean market's always been the big speculators market because it has those big swings. And, um, I think it'll get back to that eventually. I don't know if we have to, um, I don't know if we have to get through this trade war or we have to get back to normal, in terms of the economy with this virus thing or whatever it is, it's, it's gotta be something and you gotta get the, the money managers on board. It's kind of interesting that the funds are actually long. They're long the bean market as I speak here, you know, not a lot, maybe like 20,000 contracts, but it's interesting that they're long here um, where they're short corn and uh, short corn fairly aggressively, not, not historically large shortened corn, but it's interesting to me that they're long the beans, like what the logic there is. Um, and, and maybe they see the trade deal working out better than some of the skeptics uh, would tell you. And, and I've been a skeptic. I mean, I could, I've been saying for months that they're not going to buy old crop beans, but I think new crop beans are a different story. I think it's a different situation. I, I think I personally, I think $8 and 70 cent November soybeans, I think they're very cheap. I do. Um, I hope I'm, I hope I'm right about that over the next several months that we see some improved pricing opportunities. Um, the wheat market, uh, is interesting because like in the beans, the funds are long. The funds are actually aggressively long the SRW wheat market, uh, to the tune of 30,000 contracts. They, they rarely ever get long more than 50,000. And that's not to say that the market couldn't go higher. Um, it, that can always happen, but a situation like this typically in, in in many, many instances has correlated with a marketing opportunity. So I have uh, done some wheat marketing here the last few weeks while the funds have been along this uh, this thing. And, and I hope it goes higher. I always do. You've always got another year's worth of production to sell. Um, I, I always hope when I make marketing decisions or when I advise customers to make sales, I always hope they're wrong. You know, you've, you've always got to hope you're wrong and hope that better prices uh, will become available. But um, you know, I'm kind of doing what history has, has told me to do in regard to the wheat. And uh, that's when the funds get, you know, aggressive on the long side, when sentiment turns a little bit positive, uh, that's the time to be making some sales in a lot of years. Livestock market <laughs> has been uh, quite the mess. The, uh, the meat processing industry here in the United States is a mess, and it has a lot to do with the virus. 
Um, you've got the, the big news over the weekend was this plant, this pork processing plant in, in Sioux Falls that uh, was shut down at least temporarily because I think the amount they, they had 200 and something employees test positive for, for coronavirus. And that was that's about half the total for the entire state. So you're seeing that um, in pork. You're seeing some of that in beef. You've seen it in poultry where these plants are, are not running at full capacity. And it's been bad news. Um, it kind of leads into that food shortage conversation that you've heard talked about in the news, maybe. And if you're a farmer or somebody in livestock, it's it's almost a laughable notion to you that there could be a food shortage. But the supply chain and the logistics of all this stuff is is what can get kind of messy here. Um, you know, we've got we've got enough cattle, we've got enough hogs, we've clearly got enough corn, enough soybeans, enough wheat. Uh, that's that's factual. Um, but how do you process it all? How do you move it all in the midst of this virus in the background? Things could get kind of interesting there, but in, in the meantime, this is, this is not a good deal for the farmer by any means. There's, there's not really anybody in production ag right now, whether you're a a cattle feeder or a corn grower or hog producer, whatever, there's not really anybody that this thing has treated really well. So it's, we need to see something change here. I mean, we need to see the economy back on its feet in general. I watch the stock market uh, every day and uh, am very interested in what's been going on there. I would say that in general, uh, the stock market has acted very, very well. Um, and, and could this be a, de- a dead cat bounce? Could this be a rally in, in a bear market? Yeah, that's very possible. I have no idea when um, the economy will reopen as as they've put it. I know that Trump wants to get things moving. I know a lot of the governors are very reluctant. I know that, uh, you know, Fauci and the people on the, on the coronavirus task force or the doctors at least are not a big fan of going in that direction, but they've got to open this thing up at some time. And it's not, it's not entirely up to the federal government. I mean, they advise the governors and the governors and, and the cities and, and States. I mean, they kind of are the ones who have set the rules on this stuff. So this is interesting, but I'll say that the stock markets acted really well. I mean, you look at the rally that we've seen out of those mid to late March lows in the S&P or in the Dow. It's it's interesting. And I just think I said this last week, too. I don't think I don't know that everybody quite understands just how much stimulus they've thrown at this thing, uh, how much money a trillion dollars is trillions of dollars being uh, pushed at this thing. So you could get into a situation again where people start to get back to work. I know it's going to take a while for, for you know, the employment rate and all that stuff to get back to where it was. If it ever gets back to where it was this year or next year, it, it'll take a while. This isn't going to happen overnight. But if, if things start to get back to a halfway normal situation where we're a functioning society again and you've got all this stimulus in here, uh, this market could really be supercharged. I did, <laughs> I did another poll on Twitter and I was kind of, I was kind of like half joking with it, but not entirely joking. And my, my question was, um, will the S and P 500 make a new all time high in 2020? And, uh, I think the majority said no, of course. And, and that's probably likely I, I may be one of the few people. I actually think it's possible. I think it's very possible. I think that if you get to a point where, you know, people are back to work and people are, are doing things. It doesn't even have to be totally normal, just halfway normal. Again, um, you've got so much stimulus in here, so much inflationary type stuff. Uh, 
I look at this S&P chart, it doesn't look like we're that far away to me. It really doesn't. Uh, we're, we're just, I think it's within the realm of possibility. I don't think it's crazy. I don't know what my answer would be. I think that if I, if I took that poll, I'd probably say my, my my honest answer would probably be no, but I'm not going to say that it's totally impossible either. I, I think that, uh, the stock market's got a ton of potential when, and if we get back to a, a normalized society here, the Dow is trading about 400 points lower as I talk here today, which is not, that's not a big move these days. Um, by any means. So, uh, the volatility has kind of died down too. We're not, tra- we're still trading big ranges, but not what we were trading, um, say beginning of March when we were on our way down. It's, it's been a more orderly, uh, move on the way up as a matter of fact. So still a lot going on here. Um, the, the biggest thing in my mind, um, as a, as a row crop guy, if you're in the Midwest, the biggest thing is ethanol. There's, there's no way around it. Ethanol is your biggest problem right now. You need some sort of resolution there. Uh, if you're a wheat grower, I would actually say the market's acted okay. The wheat market's acted halfway normal, and uh, you've seen marketing opportunities. You've seen ups and downs, but you've seen marketing opportunities at least, which is something that I can't really say about the corn market. Uh, soybean market, I'd probably argue that we've we've at least seen some ups and downs. I mean, we had that 70 or 80 cent rally, and uh, we've given a lot of that back since, but at least we've had something to work with. We just really haven't seen that in the corn. And, and I think it'll come eventually. I, I don't know what the story is going to be. There, there's always a different story, but it always happens for some reason. Cattle market's tough. Cattle market's tough. If you're in, in the livestock industry, this is a tough deal. Now, if you're a hedger and you've been hedged and you've held those hedges, uh, you could actually be sitting in really good shape given the basis situation in live cattle, but I don't think most people are in that situation. So it's, it's a pretty ugly deal. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you listen. Um, it's available on all the podcast apps out there, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, all the big ones. So make sure you listen. Make sure you subscribe. I really appra- appreciate everyone who does listen. That's the only reason I do it. If I looked at my uh, uh, website and saw that I had nobody listening, I wouldn't be doing this. So uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. If you do need some help with your grain marketing, you're somebody who just needs uh, to take a step in a different direction. Go to standardgrain.com, click on Grain Marketing Plan, and take a look at my subscription service. Uh, If you want to know exactly when and how I am pricing uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat throughout the year, that's the deal. It's $49 a month. It's billed through PayPal. Uh, You sign up once, and it bills your credit card automatically every month, and you can cancel it at any time, so I don't tie you into anything. But if you want to know when and how I'm selling that stuff, and and specifically with percentages, um, you know what I'm doing with basis, all that sort of stuff, sign up for that deal. If you don't like it, cancel it. But I've, I've had nobody cancel it at all this year. And, uh, it's been, it's been a nice uh, deal for those who have subscribed, I think. So take a look, uh, have a nice week. I may do an update later in the week. If things are slow, if I have time to do it, um, hope we get some better action in the markets. Catch you next time.